raise the bar on health, and live with maximum vitality. This is the Vitality Podcast with Andrea Page. Andrea is a Bali-based naturopath redefining health as living with maximum vitality. Tune in for practical life advice and start aligning with what your body wants. Our bodies are trying to talk to us. Let's listen. And from here, we'll start to get right into the heart of the lecture, which will be about colon hygiene. All right. And colon hygiene is simple. It's the understanding that we need to put water in and get waste out of the large intestine. Before we go there, you might say, well, why do we need to do that? That doesn't seem natural. Does anyone have that question? Yeah. Yeah? No? No? Mm. You're right. It's not necessarily natural. But neither are all the cars on the road, right, or the clothes that you're wearing, or the nail polish on your nails, or perhaps what you're eating for dinner. Who knows? The bottom line is that our world of today is not natural. And even more bottom to that line is that the world that we live in in the 21st century is just about the most unnatural world that we could have ever imagined thus far in history. And because of that, we have a lot of unnatural input in the body. And unnatural input into the body is perceived by the body as toxicity. All right? And so our world today, what I'm saying, is more toxic than any other world that we've ever seen throughout the scope of human history. And this toxicity, if you will, is actually building up inside of us. Nearly 100 different synthetic toxic chemicals are found today in the average mother's breast milk. <coughs> Nearly 100. That's a lot. And that's just breast milk. Who knows about their cells, right? Or in their, lodged in their brain, right? Or in the fat cells on their bum. Probably more. And so what is this toxicity that I'm referring to? Well, it's very non-classifiable. Most of it is trace amounts of synthetic compounds, right? We're exposed to it every day simply by walking outside or by staying inside, especially if you have one of those like plug-in air fresheners in your wall. <laughs> yeah. And so we find that these trace toxicity, this trace toxicity comes into the body and it's something that the body sees as foreign. Anything that the body does not recognize, again, will be perceived by the body as toxicity. So for example, if we're looking here in Bali, I know you all think it's a tropical paradise. Everyone comes expecting this big tropical paradise and there's someone burning the rice field, there's someone else burning trash, there's someone else spraying toxic chemicals in the air to get the mosquitoes out so that the, the guests are happy. <laughs> That's our tropical paradise. That's reality here. They come thinking that and I have to break the hard news to them that unfortunately it's not, right? which is okay because this is the 21st century world. This is the world that we live in. Very few people are privileged enough to live what we would call off the grid, right? In pristine environments, not affected by these things that I mention. And I haven't even talked about the tour buses on Jalan Raya, right? The fumes. Right? I was behind a garbage truck this morning. That was a lot of fun. Not, yeah. So we find 
that all of this outer toxicity, and I'm just talking about respiratory toxins. I've only covered that class. Right? All of this toxicity is almost everywhere we look. City side, countryside, right? we're exposed to it. If we go to more topical toxicity, it gets really fun. Have you guys ever gone into your bathroom and turned around all of your shampoo and your nail polish and your body wash and all of your makeup, all of the containers? This is homework. I'm giving you homework. I don't often give homework in these Monday night lectures, but I'm teaching on a yoga teacher training right now, and I'm, I give a lot of homework, so you're going to benefit from that as well. This is your homework. Go home. Do that. And I want you to read the ingredients. See how many of them you know what it is. There'll probably be some botanical compounds in there. Maybe there'll be aloe vera or some melaleuca or turnifolia, tea tree oil, right? Different things like that. Maybe there'll be essence of lemon or lime, especially if you're looking at like a house cleaner, right? Other things like that. But then there are going to be a lot of other synthetic chemical compounds, like that stuff found in a mother's breast milk. Guess what? It takes 26 seconds of contact with your skin for those chemicals to absorb directly into your bloodstream. So how many of you spend more than 26 seconds washing your hair? Mm -hmm. Body wash on your body for more than 26 seconds? Right, right. So if I told you, eat your shampoo, what would you say to me? Are you crazy? Are you crazy? <laughs> Sebastian. <laughs> yeah. Are you crazy? But what are you doing when you're putting it on your skin? Effectively, you're eating it. This is the largest organ in your body. It's incredibly absorbent, right? And so, first of all, we'll say that we're taking in way more toxins than we're aware of, right? Most often, we say ignorance is bliss. Have you heard that before? Right? You were blind to it before, but I've just given you very explicit homework to no longer be blind to it. Don't worry, I don't own a natural skincare line or I'm not trying to sell you anything from it. Yet, at least. No, just kidding. Or ever. Right? Make your own. DIY. That means do it yourself. If you don't have Pinterest, please download it. It's an awesome app. And you can pretty much search anything. So if you see tonight in your homework your shampoo and you're like, that's gross! Right? Go ahead and look up what the chemical compounds are. Right? One of them that'll definitely be in your shampoo for at least 90% of you, sodium lauryl sulfate. It's a big one. It's a foaming agent. And did you just say she's supposed to be talking about colon cleansing? <laughs> How's she talking about sodium lauryl sulfate? I'm on a tangent, but we'll get back, okay? Sodium lauryl sulfate is a foaming agent. It's what gives you foamy shampoo, right? This is also a dense, heavy chemical that will dry your skin dangerously. Well, that's convenient for shampoo because if it dries your skin, then you'll need to use the conditioner afterwards, right? It's, it's cool how products come in pairs like that. Ever think about that? All right, anyway, so look at those chemicals, ask yourself if you would eat them, and then make the answer. And then go onto Pinterest, do DIY, do-it-yourself shampoo, and there's going to be so many different ingredients with edible stuff, stuff that you could even find and make in Bali, like coconut oil, different essential oils, super, super cool. Get interested in this, because last time I checked, most of you are using these products every day. And so if we're going to talk about taking a step in the new year to change our life in a very small way, limiting the toxicity that we put in is tremendous. Some of it, like those respiratory toxins I mentioned at the beginning, 
they're harder to limit because we're in our environment and we're just walking down the road. I had no choice other than to be behind the garbage truck, right? My choice is to do kumbhaka, the breath retention from yoga. Right? Trying to not breathe, but of course my skin still breathes it. You see? Ways, checks and balances that we're always making in life in this 21st century. But anyway, certain parts of it are under your control. For example, things like makeup or nail polish or body creams and stuff like that. And if you spend long enough here in Bali and you keep coming back to the lectures, you'll learn that most of that stuff actually comes from the inside. Right? Moisturizer isn't needed when you're properly hydrated. Doesn't that make a lot of sense? Yeah. And there are all these things in the body that the body's wanting to express to you. Like dry skin doesn't mean go out and buy a new moisturizer. Dry skin is your body's call for more inner moisture, more water. Right? And so starting to listen and spin these things around at the same time as limiting toxicity is amazing. But the thing is that you've gotten to this point in your life, I don't know, maybe 20, 30, 40 some odd years, right, without thinking about this in the ignorance is bliss category. And so likelihood is that you've had somewhat toxicity built up inside of you. Yeah? I make this assumption about pretty much everyone living in the modern world. Don't take it personally. Right? You're toxic. I'm toxic. Yeah, I'm fasting for 21 days. And if you'd only seen what came out in my colonic last night. <laughs> yeah? And the thing is, we start to live lighter and freer and happier. Stop laughing, Mary. <laughs> when we start to limit the toxicity and maximize the detoxifying. I have a whole other lecture on detoxification. The question of, doesn't our body have its own natural detoxification systems built in? Yeah, totally it does. But the thing is, they're not working well enough. So we have this compound situation where we're taking in way more toxins than ever before. The past 50 to 60 years have shown an exponential increase in the amount of synthetic toxins in our environment, in our diet, in our cosmetic use today. And our body's holding them, as is evidenced by the breast milk. Right? Our body's holding them, as is evidenced by the brain tumors, right? By the skyrocketing rates of cancer and other lifestyle-related diseases. And so we find, wait a minute, it's, it's about time to wake up. And I think that you guys are waking up, right? That's what brought you to Bali, to the yoga barn, to the Monday night health lecture, <laughs> right? So you're a bit of an off-kilter crowd, in a good way, in a good way, huh? But when we find this out, we say, okay, well, what can I do about this paradigm? Our world is more toxic than ever before. My body isn't releasing as well as it needs to be. So please download my podcast. You'll see I'm recording tonight. I, I record these lectures to share them with people who have been here in previous weeks. Right? And when you're not here in the future, you can tune in. So go ahead back on my website. I have some cards. You can get my website. And listen to the detoxification lecture first. This can be the precursor for those of you listening at home. <laughs> for you guys, you're going to get this lecture now, so you have no choice. But in that lecture, we go through the body's systems of elimination, and we see how one after another, from our lungs, right, to definitely our large intestine, to our skin, to how we breathe, they're simply constipated, one after another. We are not removing waste as efficiently or as effectively as our body is designed to. And so the result of that is what we call, in natural hygiene, auto-intoxication. 
not only are we taking in all of these new external toxins, but also the body's byproducts, the natural toxicity and waste is not being eliminated at the rate that it needs to. So double whammy, <laughs> right? Double toxicity held up inside the body. So it's no surprise at all that we're as sick as we are. And maybe in your 20s you don't see it yet, although you go to certain toxic parts of the world, right? like East Asia and Taiwan, for example, a place I've spent lots of time, lots of people in their 20s, they're breaking out like crazy all over their face in acne. And what is acne? It's the body's response to try to eliminate toxicity. And it's only coming out the skin because it can't come out the colon or any other way. Right? Because we're so backed up. So that's, I wish someone had told me that when I was a teenager, right? And so we find then that the answer is jump-starting our own bowel movement and then possibly using some external help. And so that's colon hygiene. So I'll first start about talking about jump-starting our own bowel movement. And the thing is, those of you who have been here before, how often are we supposed to be pooping? Very good, thank you guys for humoring me and allowing me to take a drink. Once per meal per day. And to be news to most of you who have never been to these talks before, that we're meant to be pooping three times a day if you do indeed eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Now, my proud three poopers, raise your hand. <laughs> the two colon hydrotherapists in the room and that cool girl. And you, sister. All right, so what do we see? Most of the world is constipated. And I'm not even talking about the toxicity, right? I'm just talking about our body's natural system and how it works. So bravo to you two who are not in this profession. <laughs> yeah? And for the rest of you, it looks like there's some road to follow, which is great, right? That's like the yellow brick road has just been put out before you. The golden ticket's at the end. You must follow, yeah? And so we'll follow, follow, follow. Anyone? Wizard of Oz reference, please. Yeah. Don't kill me. These are supposed to be fun. Yeah. Good. So we find that, yeah, indeed, most of the world is constipated. And I have really hard and fast data to prove that. Not only my own epidemiological population-based research in 20, 30 countries all over the world, where I go up to people and I say, hey, how often do you poop? Right? You five-year-old girl and you 65-year-old woman. Right? And they'll tell me. As well as strict clinical data evidence from thousands of forms, intake forms in the colonics clinic. Name, age, gender, how often do you poop? There's data. And so I'm very confident to say somewhere around 85, 90% of the world today is constipated. And this population, which again, you're not the normal sample of a population, proves. So this system, which needs to be working much better, is not. And we'll get into why in a second. But before we get into why, I want to tell you three simple steps on how to poop more. This is a list I try to give to as many people as I can. Write it down if you're taking notes. It's entitled, How to Poop More. Number one, hydrate. The amount of water that we're to be drinking per day is how much, cleansers? Or detoxers, okay, you can say. 
Yeah, three liters. That's the amount of water that the body uses and loses simply by waking up in the morning. It's our responsibility to replace that, or else it'll result in chronic dehydration and a really dry tube down there, which equals const constipation, or constipation. <laughs> All right? So we find then that hydration is 100% absolutely necessary to move our bowels. This is where most people mess up. Yeah? Water is water. Three liters of water, water only. The body does not absorb anything else like water. Yeah? And any other questions, hold till the end. I just tend to get on really big tangents. Yeah? Awesome. So, water is water is water is three liters is yay! I recommend you have one to one and a half liters in the morning before you ever think of the word breakfast. Yeah? Make it a habit. Work it into your life. This is the most important thing. The human body thrives and survives for 40 to 50 or more days on water alone. Right? That's no food. So think about how much you prioritize food. Can you instead prioritize water that much? Yeah. All right. From there, second way to poop more. It has to do with the position. This position, malasana in yoga, squatting, this is how we are meant to be pooping. Biomechanically, inside of us, at the rectal canal, this is the bum, there's a muscle that wraps around it, the puborectalis muscle. And this muscle, it's tight when you're standing up or when you're sitting down, like on a chair or a toilet. And the reason for that is so that you don't poop in your pants. Thank goodness. Right? But when we bring the knees up toward the shoulders in this squat-like position, that muscle loosens, creating a clear passageway for things to move through. Pretty magical, if I do say so myself. There's a lot of other things going on muscularly in the body, but this is such a necessary part of pooping. I tell people now, make squatting as much a part of pooping as is pulling down your pants. You wouldn't go to the toilet without pulling down your pants. Don't go to the toilet without squatting. Yeah? Mm-hmm. You can get a rubbish bin or a stool or something. Put your feet up on it. Try it out. With anything I say, please don't believe me. Verify me. If it doesn't work for you, let me know. Often, you'll be amazed. Right. Number three way to poop more. To give yourself time. To make time. To go to the toilet when you don't even think that you have to and squat there. Get your mind off of things. I'm a big fan of that. Bring a book. Bring your iPhone. Right? Write me a message from the toilet. Whatever you want to do. Okay? As the jail guard leaves, the prisoners can escape. Did you say selfie, Lowry? <laughs> yes. <I'm not> sure. <laughs> Approved. <laughs> toilet selfie hashtag. Let's do that, guys. Let's make a trend. And we must have like 20 countries in here. All right. Good, so now that we're done with that list, that is your yellow brick road. That is the future. There's a big microbial uh, part of that where you have to ramp up your probiotics. And one of the many reasons why people are so constipated today is because we're deficient in the regulator, the bacterial regulator inside of us. And this has to do with our internal microbiome and the level of probiotics, of good bacteria inside of our body. And so I do recommend that people have probiotics every day, both in pill form and in food form. Right? This will certainly help you poop more. All right, so that's your highway to health right there. We'll go into now the reasons why perhaps people are so constipated. Who was here last Monday? 
Cool, so welcome back. Those of you here last Monday, you heard my lecture about food combining. And in that lecture, we talked about the fact that whereas things should pass through the stomach in like four or three or two or even one hour, today, because of how people are eating and what they're eating combined together, it takes, I don't know, 10, 12, 16, 18 hours in the stomach alone. And what that results in is sluggish, trans, sluggish transit time throughout the entire system. The entire system is sleepy. The entire system is slow. Because of dehydration at the end, things can't slip out. If you think about it, a rubber tube and a rock inside. You try to move the rock down the rubber tube, it's like... That's my sound effect for... Rock moving through a rubber tube. <laughs> and then we find, if we were to pour water inside, all of a sudden, the rock just slips out. Well, put two and two together. The tube is your colon. Right? The rock is your poo, although hopefully your poo isn't as hard as a rock. Right? And we find that hydration has a big factor, or is a big factor, in elimination. Okay? Super. So, people aren't pooping today. Because often we're eating kind of the wrong stuff in poor combinations. That produces a lot of gas right, and a lot of dried matter. That's hard to move. And then we're not hydrated enough, so it's really hard to move the matter. And moreover, we have this big neurological complex about pooping. Right, is anyone familiar with that one? Have you ever had that conversation with yourself? Oh, do I have time to poo? Oh, no, I can't poop there. Oh, I can't poo at my office. I can't poop if there's someone in the stall next to me. I can't poop at his house. I can only poo in my sacred space. Does this sound familiar to anyone? Yeah, I know you've had these thoughts before. Some of you are blushing. <laughs> okay? So we find that, yes, indeed, pooping, unfortunately, has become taboo. Yeah? It's become something that we're embarrassed about and don't talk about. But last time I checked, everybody does it. So why are we so bashful? You see that? Well, actually, this polarized psychology is ingrained within us from a very young age. What we find is that as kids are potty trained, right, it's either, oh, good boy, Jimmy, you use the toilet. Or even before that, when he was a baby in his diaper, he pooed and it was, ew, yuck, smelly, dirty, don't touch it. You see that? Very polar opposites, with nothing left in the middle, right? And then later on, he comes home from school and says, Mommy, I have a bellyache. And she says, oh, here, take this aspirin and go sleep. Rather than, oh, sweetie, what did you eat? Or when was the last time that you pooped? You see that? Our mothers disconnect us from the body, right? And they don't mean to. That's just how society works, because we're disconnected. A mother who is disconnected from her body will simply pass that on to her child. Right? So what you're doing now, being here, isn't only for you, but it's for all the generations to come. Right? Maybe for your kids, your friends' kids, and your nieces and nephews. Right? Please talk to kids about poo. This is your second homework. <laughs> There's nothing inappropriate about that. Allow it to be empowering. Allow the kid to be proud about their pooping habits. Because the thing is, it's usually around six or seven years of age that a child develops constipation. And when we add about 40 years to that, 
around 46 or 47 years of age, is when a woman develops breast cancer. And those two things are way more related than people understand. And so we find, then, that we have to inbreed this idea that pooping is healthy, and it's good, and it's okay. Right? It's crazy, right? And the most important part is talking about it. And so one of my many campaigns, it's using really sexy models, like in the Got Milk campaign. Have you seen that? Got Milk ads yeah, from the 90s? Super amazing influence, right? Well, my campaign is, have you pooped today? Yeah. Right? How great would that be on billboards everywhere? Think how much healthier the world would be. If anyone wants to be a model, let me know. I'll take a photo. Okay? All right? So when we look at this and we see that indeed we're not pooping as much, indeed actually we're holding it in. Because all of that neurosis that goes on in the mind, that's you saying no. Has anyone ever felt like they needed to poop and held it in? Come on, all of your hands should be up. If you're being honest with me right now. Yeah? Yeah. And so what you've done there is you've retrained this inherent musculature. You've said to this muscle, stop working. Right? Because it knocks on the door and you say, no! <laughs> right? And you've probably done that more than once. In fact, as a child, you probably did it several times. And so the result of that, then, is that this musculature essentially gives up, stops working, atrophies. And this musculature that runs through the entire digestive tract is called peristalsis. We can see it and test it very clearly in the colonics clinic here. Right? Because we see the tube pumping on its own. When someone comes in with a rocking system, right? Maybe one of you too poop three times a day. Right? You'll come into our clinic. We'll have hands off because the tube's pumping on its own. Right? But for the rest of you, right, it needs some work. I have good news though. Are you ready for the good news? Yeah. I gave you enough bad news, I think. The good news is that like all muscle in the body, this muscle too has memory. And this muscle memory can be rebuilt. And we practice a very specific form of colon hydrotherapy here that rebuilds that muscle. And so I'll talk about that in a second. But I want to transition directly into talking about colon hydrotherapy. Because what we've found out so far is that we're overwhelmed with toxicity today. Our body is not eliminating even what's inside of our body, even our own waste matter. In addition to that, we're getting new toxicity, which we have no choice but to hold inside because we're not eliminating. Right? You see that? And so, I gave you the formula to eliminate more on your own. Another part of that would be hydrating foods. What are hydrating foods? Anyone? Fruits and vegetables. I bet you've never heard those are good for you. Mm -hmm. We find that when we have these hydrating foods, they move things along, they bulk up the malum movement, they make things easier to move out. Yeah, things are starting to come together now. We find also that colon cleansing, colon hygiene is something that developed naturally as the world started becoming more toxic. And I guess people started eating things that weren't meant for human consumption and thus stopped pooping as much as we're supposed to. Because the thing is, when we go back toward our natural diet, more fruits and vegetables, we start pooping more. You see that? And so actually, colonics were invented by the ancient Egyptians. Isn't that crazy? 
In the natural kingdom, we even see colon hygiene. Storks, the big birds that are said to deliver babies. They don't actually deliver babies, but they have been seen filling their beaks with water and <laughs> spraying it up another stork's bum. Yeah? Amazing, right? And so we find that other species have figured this out. So we'll go back to the very first thing that I said in this lecture, which is yes, colon cleansing is not natural. But also, neither is the world that we live in. And it's just about the best answer that I've found to compensate for the overly toxic world that we live in. At the same time as rebuilding our body and empowering our body to start to move more on its own. Does that make sense? So I'll say also that all this stuff that I'm talking about was pretty normal about two generations ago. All throughout the 1800s, your nurse was a woman with a bucket and a tube. She was a colon hydrotherapist. Right? In Eastern Europe today, they still practice colonics in hospitals. Up until two generations ago, an enema bag, which is like a mini colon hydrotherapy that you do to yourself at home. Maybe you remember a rubber enema bag. Two generations ago, it was under every bathroom sink. I remember growing up and my grandfather had one. Ask your parents or your grandparents. That's your third homework, I think. Right? Ask them about an enema bag and see what they have to say. See when they would use it. Likely, it was when anyone in the family got ill. They would take out the enema bag and administer an enema. Because what we find is that when we invite the body to release, we spur a process of detoxification. And what is detoxification? Healing. It's the body healing itself. Self-cleaning. Yeah, rebalancing. And so, enema bags are used in every program that I run here, and the reason for that is to empower people to have this tool, this skill that they can use on their own so that never again in their life should they really get sick because they can stop illness in their tracks. Never again in their life should they have to suffer a headache because guess what? Your large intestine alone has more than 300 million nerve endings. That's the second number of nerve endings anywhere in the body, second to the brain. And what that means is that when you have shit, pardon my French, built up there, you feel it elsewhere, perhaps in your brain. So headaches, constipation, inherently interrelated. When anyone in my life has a headache, I fill up a large glass of water, I give it to them, I say, drink it. Okay? They finish it, give it back, I fill it up again, I give it to them again, I say, drink it. And then I send them to the toilet. And I tell them to squat there and write me a message on their iPhone. <laughs> Until something happens. And then often they come back out after something happens and they say, whoa, my head feels much better. Right? Or we have clients come into our colon hydrotherapy clinic right, with a headache. They get a colonic. Within the first five minutes, they're like, whoa, my headache evaporated. <laughs> right? There's a huge interrelationship here that we have to start to decipher. Okay? So, colon cleansing. The act of putting water in and getting waste out, removing headaches, stopping illness in the tracks by rebooting the body's own inherent healing power. This is also a great form of rehydration. You should never be constipated a day in your life when you know how to help yourself in this way. XYZ, you you can have a sure highway to detoxification if you want to do one every week or something like that. An enema, the small one, not the full colonic. 
And so when we talk about colon hydrotherapy, we're talking about water running in and out and in and out of the large intestine several times, stimulating the large intestine for release, okay? And I'll say before I start this last part of the lecture that the kind of colonics that we practice here is very, very, very different than other colonics in the world. I have a very hard job because whereas I'm a career colon hydrotherapist, I actually don't recommend most colonics in the world. Yeah, four out of five places I would not recommend. So we have a first, a primary dichotomy, a split between the colonics world. All right, and it depends upon the setup of the unit. All right, either a machine or a gravity-based system. I actually don't recommend that anyone goes to get a colonic from a machine. And the reason from that, for that, is that the water that's going inside is pressurized. It's a little bit like having a garden hose stuck up your bum. Yeah. There's inherent risk involved. It's not sensitive or receptive to whatever's going on inside of your body. Right. And several hundreds of clients of mine have attested to this, who have gotten machine colonics, right? I've gotten them, and I'll swear I'll never do it again. Because right. it's painful. Colonics should not be painful. They should be a gentle, pleasurable experience, right? You have that many nerve endings, better feel good, right? Why force things? So no garden hose up the bun, no machines, yeah? And the thing is that, again, all of this stuff was super normal two generations ago, and then it was swept under the rug in the 1930s with the advent of pharmaceuticals, right? Because if I can give you this pill and make you poop, a laxative, which has quite a detrimental effect on the body because it's a slight poison to the body. That's the laxative effect. Right? If I can give you this pill and make you buy this pill every single day for the rest of your life, right? I'm not going to make money off of a woman with water. Does that make sense? So colon cleansing was... <laughs> no. <laughs> colon cleansing was swept under the rug in the 1930s when pharmaceuticals came around. But it did make... A, a re-entry in the 1980s when the flower children of the 60s matured a little bit. Right? But when it re-entered, it did so with the spirit of capitalism. And so those machines that I'm referring to, almost all of them are owned by like one family. Right? They have different brand names. It's a monopoly. Right? And each machine is like ten or $15,000. Right? So they're making good money on this. Because the system we have here... Right? It's essentially that bucket and tube. It's a tank, separate from a water heater, a purifier, and then some tubes. You see that? It's much simpler. There's no capitalism really involved. Yeah. And so, first split, machine and gravity. If you guys are getting colonics here or elsewhere in the world, wherever you live, I would only recommend gravity-based systems. Secondarily, from here, we have a split between how people are practicing on the gravity-based system. Because just because it's a gravity-based system does not mean that the tank is at a safe level of height because the higher it is, the faster the water is going to run into the body. Right? And how they're using the system, how they're practicing on the system is going to dictate how your body responds. So what we practice here is Woods Method Colon Hydrotherapy. Every practitioner in our clinic has studied with my teacher, Helen Wood, the goddess of colon hydrotherapy. Yeah. And she herself studied with Alfred Wood. 
who was the inventor of this method. And it's a method that's very simple, uses physics, right? and uses empowerment of the body as its number one priority. And so what we do in Wood's method colonics is a little bit different. Right? We have a three-part intention list. First of all, our first intention is shared by all colonics. It's to get water in and waste out. Simple. Water in, waste out. Pretty much any kind of colon cleansing is going to do that. But we go on beyond that. Our second intention is actually to make it a therapy, whereby we're pumping the tube. And this pump of the tube is reminding your muscle memory how to work again. Yeah, so that the peristalsis, that muscular action that creates the bowel movement, re-enlivens. And that's really exciting. That's really super good news. Because the thing is that it can be three sessions where someone comes. And by the third session, I'm not really having to pump the tube because that person's such a fast learner. And the tube's pumping on their own, on its own. It's incredible for us to see that as scientists in our laboratory. Yeah. So second intention is to restabilize or rehabilitate the muscle of the bowel to strengthen you for afterwards. And that's a really big difference from that machine stuff, which is like garden hose up the bum. It's going to actually weaken the muscle of the colon. This is a therapy strengthening. And so it's like a personal trainer. You wouldn't only come once, right? And then our third intention, our third intention is to get water all the way to the blind end of the bowel the part called the cecum. This is the most toxic part of the body. If the colon is the rubbish bin of the body, this is the rubbish bin of the rubbish bin. Right? On some maps, it's labeled as the region of worms. Right? This is where the toxicity is collected. We intend to get water all the way to that side to collect it and have it wash out. And when it comes out, you know, it's kind of like an atomic bomb mudslide. It's this, and then it goes really slow. Yeah, it's exciting. Before it happens, sometimes people get chills, right? Or they feel nauseous for one split second. And then it releases. And you're like, ah, that was so good. Yeah. When my brother got his first colonic, not from me. I mean, I've given him colonics, but when he got his first colonic, he's like, it's the best feeling in the world. You have the worst feeling and then the best feeling in the world. And he just wouldn't stop going on about it, right? And so, I mean, you have to try to see how you feel it, but... In general, this is our third intention, is to release the cecum. Our teacher says that roughly one release of the cecum is somehow equivalent to one year of your life in toxins. I don't think that could ever be measured, but it gives you a ballpark of an idea. Right? So how old are you? Maybe that's how many times it would need to release. Sometimes you can have two in one session, right? things like that. But the thing is that once that releases, this is a rubbish bin that has, for most of your life, been not only full but overflowing. And then all of a sudden, it's emptied. It sends a message to your entire body. Hallelujah! Time to dump. Right? So finally, that toxicity that your body either had inside of it or had stored from your shampoos and your nail polish and your makeup, right? all of that toxicity gets a way out. Finally. Right? So that's why you come back for a series of sessions, not just one. And this is something that's so misunderstood in Ubud. Right? I've been practicing colonics in several places in this town for four years. And I can tell you that people really don't get it. They think they come in for one time colonic. That's the tip of the iceberg. Maybe if you want to relieve constipation, 
But if you want to practice this for detoxification, which is what it should be used for, and detoxification being the most preventative health that you could imagine, then you come in for a series of sessions, and what that does is empty, the body refills. Empty, the body refills. This is the most effective and efficient way to detoxify the tremendous amount of toxicity that we're carrying around. And I've been looking for about 15 years for ways, and nothing does it like colon hydrotherapy. And so when we go back to that first question of, is it natural? And I say, no. I say, but it's the only answer that I've found in this very confusing, perplexing, toxic world. Yeah? And the thing is, we don't want you to come back and back and back and come back forever. A full series of Woods Method colonics that will completely reinvent your colon and give you like a colon of a six-year-old. You'll be able to poop on your own. You'll have a massive amount of detoxification going on, assuming you're hydrated and all of those other things and your diet's in order. Right? It's, it's 15. 15 colonics done over a two to three month period of time, right? two to three times a week, working closely with the practitioner. And what that does is each time you'll notice you're pooping more on your own. Right? You're noticing that you're getting stronger. We're seeing the peristalsis in the tube move more and more and more. So that by the end of that series, you should be able to poop like these girls multiple times a day. Yeah? And that way you don't need to come back. We don't want to make you reliant on us like the pharmaceutical industry. You can come back maybe once a year, twice a year for a colonic just to unload those toxins like in the environment that you don't have control over. But this is indeed such a tremendous way to alleviate your body of what we're holding inside. And we're all holding a lot inside. And so... Um, the reason that I'm giving this lecture tonight is because I have avoided like the plague talking about colonics and colon cleansing and bowel health for the past three months because we have three therapists in our clinic and they are all outstanding and brilliant, but two of them have been out of town, which has meant that one of them has had to be fully booked, right? Two weeks in advance for the past few months. And finally, they're all back in town now, which means that we have a lot more availability And so the thing is, I would highly recommend that you guys try out a colonic. And I'm not saying that because I'm the director of the clinic or we want more business. I'm saying that because, as we've talked about tonight, this is pretty much the best thing that you could do for your health right now. To not only alleviate everything that you've done in your life so far, but to prevent anything that's coming in the future. Yeah? Maybe you're curious. As I said, don't believe me. Verify me. See how it feels when you go. And the reason to do it here versus going home is that I, we do have one of the best clinics in the world because of the ethics and the practice that we use. Yeah? Because of the training that these guys have been through and the many thousands of clients that they've seen. And as a result of that, right, you're also in Bali where the exchange rate's really good. And colonics are like a fourth of the price that you would find elsewhere in the world here. All right? So we have package deals for series. And again, I'm being really frank about it. People don't understand when they book in for just one colonic that that's not really anything. It's the tip of the iceberg. Yeah? And so there are packages of three and six. 
you can go for one colonic, and then afterwards, if you liked it, if you didn't, like, totally cool. If there was any problem, talk to me, and we can talk about a refund, right? But if you did like it, immediately, if you go back to reception, they'll reduce the price if you take a whole package. And so there is availability for this week and for next week, and I haven't been able to say that for quite a few months, so I'm quite excited to be able to say that. Um, so I would strongly encourage you guys to get intimate with your own colon because that's what this is about. Right? It's about that question, how many times a day do you poop? Because this is something that you could do now, like from tomorrow. Our, our clinics close now, or else I'd say today. <laughs> that could change the rest of your life. So you clearly see my passion. I've clearly gone six minutes over. Um, does anyone have any burning, burning questions? Yeah. I, you're going to have to ask reception. I don't know. I think so. You're so cute, though. I didn't plant her in the audience. I love her. Um, I am going to implant a question, though. Yeah? Yes. So colonics are safe to be practiced every 22 hours, right? No less than that. Best is like every other day, but you can work with your therapist on that. Um, I want to say something that probably one of you has a question about, which is about... Um, washing out of the good bacteria in the large intestine. Yeah, is everyone leaving to go make an appointment? <laughs> There's plenty of appointments, don't worry. Okay? Stay for the rest of my lecture. <laughs> you can leave if you want. Um, this is a concern that always comes up, and so I want to address it. Maybe it's in someone's mind. The idea of washing out good bacteria when you do a colonic, has anyone ever heard that before? Yeah, if you look on the internet, that's what it'll say. But remember, I already told you nothing on the internet's true. <laughs> well, my question for you is, are you worried about washing off good bacteria with all that chemical input that you're putting on your skin every day? Because the thing is that anatomically, the colon is essentially inner skin. It's inner skin. So that one wash of water is very similar to the wash of water on your outer skin. Right? We're not using anything but water, so it's a lot less let's say, destructive than the soaps or the shampoos that you may be using. And moreover, it's only, it's the water washing in. If you have good bacteria built up inside of your body, it's often so far up into the folds of the large intestine that one wash of water is not going to remove it. But moreover, as you heard me say already, I recommend probiotics for everyone anyway. Okay? So thank you guys so much. This conversation continue. It doesn't have to end here. I have a Facebook page for all of other questions that didn't get asked tonight or for future lecture requests and things like that. Um, so you can come up here and take a picture and follow the page. I post every day, multiple times per day, um, new studies, facts, information about health, reminders, things like this. So it's uh, facebook.com forward slash cleanse with Andrea. My website is liveforvitality.com, and I invite you guys to come and take a card. I have a bunch of them. They make really good bookmarks. Um, I will be back teaching yin yoga tomorrow, and our next cleanse intake, which is a three-day fasting program that we run, starts tomorrow, and we have very limited spots, maybe one or two spots left on this program. So if you're interested in that, um, that's another brilliant way to change your life, and it includes a colonic. <laughs> you can come get a flyer. And we'll have intakes next week and the week after that as well. Um, my message to you and for you is that you don't have to change anything at all. Just become more conscious. Yeah. So 
So I love you. I'll see you next time. Incredible people. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Remember, you don't have to change anything right away. Simply become more consciously aware. Tune in next time for more interpretations of our body signals. And don't forget to reprioritize your life around your health to live with maximum vitality.